1: Time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, is Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: Well, hello. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're having a phenomenal day. Very sunny and bright here in western Montana. This is Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Maybe you're tuning in, SWX Montana Television. No matter how you're watching or listening to the show, appreciate you being here. Do yourself a favor. Go get that new ESPN Montana app. Go to your app store, download it. Great way to watch and or listen to this show both live and archived. You can also always go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Time to get to today. We're going to give you a little NBA update and then parlay that into some NFL draft talk. The NFL draft starts tomorrow, 6 p.m. We'll have all the action right here on ESPN Radio right after this show tomorrow evening. So i uh, look forward to that. All eyes on Troy Anderson, Montana State Superstar, So about 4.15, Brent Vegan will join us, the head coach for the Montana State Bobcats. Caught up with Coach Vegan this morning. He had a front row seat for a year of the Troy Anderson show. But Coach Vegan's also been involved in the development and uh, draft process of several different players from his time both at North Dakota State and Wyoming. Including getting an opportunity to sit in the green room with Josh Allen. Uh, in the draft a couple years back. So good stories there from Coach Vegan. So we'll share those with you here in about 15 minutes. We also have a new segment to debut, the best in the Treasure State, the best in track and field. We're going to do this once a week, highlighting some of the best marks from around the state. Happy to have Paul's Pancake Parlor on ball uh, on board with us here uh, at ESPN Radio, an institution in Missoula, one of the great breakfast brunch spots, uh, you'll find anywhere. Love it down there, and happy to have those guys partnering with us here at ESPN Radio. So we'll give you some of the best high school marks from around the state, and some of the best marks from the top 10 meet here in Missoula. One of the great events of the year, the Russ Pilcher Top 10 Invitational uh, at Big Sky. Some of the best, uh, of the best in track and field. So we'll give you some of those results as well. You gotta be in the top 10, in the western part of the state to get invited to that meet. So it's an invite-only meet and very cool. We're also going to do a little wing it Wednesday. Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill's got a dozen wings for you. The best wings in the city of Missoula. So also about 4.45. Let us know. We'll let you know, I should say. And uh, then we'll let you know if you won. And uh, you can go have a great night down there at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Top of the hour excited for this, Connor Rogers, the lead drafted analyst for Bleacher Report, and a guy who's been contributing quite frequently to the NFL Network's draft coverage as well, he'll join us as part of our ESPN Roundtable. So we'll talk all things NFL draft, get you all set up for the festivities tomorrow night, and then about 5.30, our great friend Alex Esselman, SWX Montana Television, will join us for the Montana State Minute and uh, probably talk quite a bit about Montana State Spring Ball, the transfer portal, and, of course, the kid from Dillon. The one and only Troy Anderson. There you go. That's your show, show outlook presented by Britt, Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Britt and his team a call today. You want to be a part of the show? You want to win prizes? You want to chime in? Get on the radio with me? 406-888-1029. That's triple eight one zero. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers phone line. And of course, we're coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio, nwmsrocks.com. That's where you're going to find the largest inventory of trucks, anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, nwmsrocks.com. We start like we have been recently with our book of the day. If you're watching or streaming, you can see behind me, I got a great collection of books. Uh, I only have my sports books in here. I have a whole bunch of other books at our house. Uh, Andrew has a bunch of books, too. Big book, guys. It's what keeps you thinking. It's it's good for you, I promise. The book today is called Assisted. It's uh, an autobiography by John Stockton. And I picked this book for a couple different reasons. One, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about specifically the Phoenix Suns. And uh, Chris Paul, 22 points, 11 assists last night for the Suns in a pivotal 112-97 Game 5 victory to take a 3-2 lead over the New Orleans Pelicans. I gravitate towards Chris Paul because he's always been one of my favorite players. He's also been one of the most scrutinized and criticized players in the NBA. And I, I just think so often that Chris Paul's probably best comp is John Stockton, or vice versa, because of their size, because of their ability to pass the ball. Chris Paul's a better scorer than John Stockton. And in fact, I think Chris Paul's probably a better point guard across the board than John Stockton. But he's never going to catch John Stockton in assists and likely never going to catch John Stockton in steals. Yet they also have sort of the same harbinger as a uh, as an asterisk on their career at this point. John Stockton was a unbelievable player and a a multi-time all-star and all-NBA performer, no championships for John Stockton, two finals appearances, but no championships. Chris Paul has only been to the finals one time. And so it, uh, it elicits a debate about the impact point guards can have, but also how much maybe we criticize guys for not getting to the very top level. I think there's a lot of a narrative out there that Chris Paul has somehow failed to reach uh, the highest of heights, but I think Chris Paul's an all-time great player already. A championship would be a cherry on top, to be sure. It would squelch and and shut up most of the haters, but he's not there yet, but it was a pivotal win for the Suns, so we'll talk a little bit more about the NBA uh, here in a minute. But I also picked this book because John Stockton is one of the most famous athletes, one of the most prominent athletes from... The Northwest, from from our little region, and of course Seattle has produced so many unbelievable athletes, particularly basketball players. Portland, uh, also uh, you know, as one of the other big cities in our otherwise rural region. But John Stockton comes from Spokane, Washington, and played at Gonzaga, and uh, he rose to such high heights, and it just got me thinking because I've just been churning on Troy Anderson and what it's going to mean for the state of Montana when he's drafted what he represents both because he's such a great export of ours because he represents so many great Montana values, but also because he comes from such a small town. He's a class a kid. There's just a lot that goes into it, but then he also was so gifted yet. He still decided to stay home. He really had a completely, uh, different type of path than almost anybody with his natural gifts. So I think that, I'm not saying that John Stockton and Troy Anderson have much, of anything, at com- in common, although John Stockton did spend a year as an assistant coach at Montana State when uh, his daughter Lindsay was playing. But I just think it's it's very fun and very cool how much love and support that we have for our local, our, our born and bred, our hometown athletes. And so it'll be a great moment if and when Troy Anderson gets his name called uh, in this weekend's NFL Draft. New is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. So th- that's the beginning of it is that the Phoenix Suns did win a pivotal Game 5 last night. And they did it pretty handily. Chris Paul with 22 points and 11 rebounds. And uh, Miles Bridges continues to be a breakout star. He had 31 last night for the Suns. And uh, that's a big win for the Suns. Also, in a- another pivotal Game 5, the Grizzlies outlasted the Timberwolves, 111 109 A huge fourth-quarter comeback for the Grizzlies. They outscored the T-Wolves by 13 points in the fourth frame alone. John Morant, a near triple-double, 30 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists to outlast a Timberwolves team led by Carl Anthony Towns. He had 28 points, 12 rebounds for the T-Wolves. But now the Grizzlies have a 3-2 lead. So both Phoenix and Memphis into control of those series. And then Miami the second team in the NBA playoffs, to be moving on. They sealed their series with a 97-94 win over the Atlanta Hawks. And so Miami wins that series 4-1. to one. So now we have um, Atlanta uh, has moved on. Who's the other? There's one other that has, that has moved on. And it'll,
2: I, it'll be that series, right? Philly versus Miami? Oh, Philly's already moved on. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so, so that'll be the... Conference semifinals the, for the East. The yeah. 1-4 is, yeah. is
0: already secured, right? Okay. And so then tonight, the Bucks could be the latest team to move on. If they could take care of business, they got the Bulls in Milwaukee. That game tips at 5-30. And then the Warriors, they could also be another team to move on. They have the Nuggets uh, in Golden State in Oakland. And uh, the Warriors lead 3-1 uh, to one as well. And then uh, Thursday... Um, uh, Another slate of games, including game six between the Suns and Pelicans in New Orleans and then game six between the Mavericks and the Jazz uh, as well. But I want to circle back around to this because I've had this debate a couple times uh, on this show, but I think that the the debate continues to rage because uh, Chris Paul continues to play at such a high level. He is certainly one of the most precocious and great small guys in the history of the league. Chris Paul is exactly six feet tall. I can't really think of anybody else that's in that same vein other than Allen Iverson. That's And I guess John Stockton was about 6'1". Isaiah Thomas, I mean, those are those are kind of the less than 6'2 guys. You might be thinking, well, what about like Steve Nash? Steve Nash was 6'3", and <laughs> Steph Curry's 6'3". It's really tough to make it in the NBA if you're under six foot two, but the the sort of dream team of of quote unquote short guys are is Chris Paul, Allen Iverson, John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, and probably Tiny Archibald. That's probably the the five best dudes under six one six one or under I should say um, that the NBA has seen. Chris Paul has been I, I think in certain ways. If you truly love the art of playing point guard, I think that Chris Paul is as good as anybody. Magic Johnson had all the the Showtime pizzazz, but he also had pretty unique physical gifts with the size of a power forward at six foot nine, really being that first kind of point forward in the history of the NBA, and probably the other best comp though, the probably the guy that Chris Paul gets compared to the most is Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas won two championships with the bad boy Pistons. But I've always argued on Chris Paul's behalf for a variety of reasons. I think, first of all, like the beginning of Chris Paul's career when he's in New Orleans, he dragged some pretty bad teams farther than they had ever been before. Then when he was in L.A., there was drama everywhere. But I also think that one of the most undertold stories of those Clippers teams, and this is sort of coming to light now, was how poor their medical staff was. It wasn't really a a coincidence that the Clippers were, quote-unquote, injury-prone. Like, now that we've heard all about Donald Sterling's way of operating, they really were not putting a high priority on hiring the best of the best to keep their guys in shape, keep their guys healthy. And I think that was a part of it. And then when you get hurt, you get pinned as injury-prone, all that stuff. Then that cultivates and accumulates drama. And when you're in L.A., that also happens. And so... uh, I mean, some can say, wow, how did the Clippers only win one playoff series during that whole time when they had, you know, Lob City and all that stuff. But uh, I think Chris Paul takes too much of a bad rap for that. And I think that then when he was in Houston, that was a terrible combo. Obviously, he got hurt in that series when a lot of people thought they might have taken the Warriors down. I don't know if they ever would have. I, I He would have made a difference in that game seven for sure, but I don't really know how much. So I think that Warriors team was just a team that, at that exact moment, was an absolute juggernaut. They were a machine, and now you see Chris Paul having some playing some of his best basketball here in year 16 in the league, here in his 36th year on the earth, and uh, I just I, I still think that. I don't. I don't know how to really say this. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a first ballot Hall of for sure. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But I still think that Chris Paul is somehow underrated. And I also think that the narrative surrounding his career is a little bit unfair, which is why I root for Chris Paul so much to get a championship. Because if he got one, that that would silence a bunch of the haters. Andrew, what do you? What? Th- what is your thought on the Chris Paul? Uh, has I guess my question for you is: Has Chris Paul? been treated fairly or
2: unfairly in his NBA career? Uh, Interesting. That's an interesting way to frame the question. I think he's been treated pretty fairly. I mean, everybody recognizes... I don't think anybody questions how good of a basketball player that Chris Paul is. And I think that... Chris Paul gets a lot of respect around the league. For sure. And I think, in fact, I like that you brought up Stockton, another guy who never won a title, because I think that is going to be how Chris Paul is remembered. I mean, Stockton and Chris Paul are going to be remembered as two of the greatest point guards to ever play, just in terms of not the stats or the accolades of anything, but when we're talking about playing point guard, we're talking about having control of the game, having uh, the passing, the handles. I think that's why Chris Paul
0: does get criticism. has had so much scrutiny on him because it's like the old Bill Simmons argument. If an alien landed on earth, had just had a rudimentary knowledge of basketball. And you were trying to explain to him what a point guard does in a game. You would explain to him, Chris Paul, Yes, He's the quintessential point guard in terms of, like you're saying, not just the pick and roll, but also the crowd, the officials, the coaches, the flow of the game, the pace. He is in control of the whole thing almost all of the time.
2: Yeah, and it's easy to tell because he always has the ball in his hands and his teammates always pass him the ball when they're taking it out of bounds or when they're in trouble. So I think, you know, he's the point god, man, and people know that and people respect him for that, but it is true that as his career stands right now, his teams have, I think, underachieved in the playoffs. And that's not all due to Chris Paul. I think that the roster build of those Lob City Clippers was sort of uneven. For sure. And, and that's that wasn't really a championship contending team. So for as many magazine covers as they got. And some of the things that he did early in his career with those New Orleans teams were, were really impressive. For sure. And he had those teams competing over their head. But it's just, it's a part of his career as much as the the point God stuff is. He hasn't won as many playoff series as a player that caliber probably should have. I just give him a little bit of leeway because, to me, it's a
0: nightmare to play with Blake Griffin and James Harden. Like, I wouldn't want to play with those guys. Right. Who else has has Chris Paul ever
2: played with that's any good? DeAndre Jordan was only good in the NBA when Chris Paul was throwing him lobs. The best you know chemistry I mean? he's ever had with a teammate was with David West in those New Orleans right. Hornets days. And yeah. and,
0: and, think of, and David West's a good player, but David West was an all-star when he played with Chris Paul. Right. Like, what else does a point guard need to do to make, besides make guys better? I mean... Who's the, besides JJ Reddick? Chris Paul's never played with a great shooter ever. How? How is that a thing? How has no one
2: ever got him a great shooter? That's crazy. Well, they had, And now he has a couple in Phoenix and look at what he's doing. That's right. Well, here's where we see the counter argument sort exactly. of that Chris Paul can make. I think that this is the most balanced team that he's yes, been on. Definitely. The, the most well put together team that he's ever been on. And we saw them exceed expectations not only last year in the playoffs, but this year in the regular season. So. Now this playoff run is what it comes down to. We are
0: uh, in a strange spot right now with the timing of this show. So, to stay on track, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stay with you right now. We're going to dive into a new segment we have here. And then coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll hear from Montana State head coach Brent Vegan. But that interview... I I did earlier today, so I know exactly how long it is. It's about 18 minutes long, and so I want you guys to be able to enjoy it and have us not all the way up against a break. So let's dive into a great new segment that we have here. The Best in the Treasure State It's presented by Paul's Pancake Parlor. Paul's Pancake Parlor, an institution of Missoula. They're located down there in Tremper's Shopping Center. Awesome place. They have phenomenal breakfast menu. It's not just pancakes, although the pancakes, both the chocolate chip and the blueberries, are outstanding. But they also have your standard, traditional, awesome breakfast. But they also have a lunch and dinner menu as well. So go check out Paul's Pancake Parlor. They are great members of this community and also fierce supporters of high school sports in the state of Montana, particularly when it comes to track and field. And they they wanted this all the way. They They wanted us to continue to hi- highlight the best of the best in track and field. So we are more than happy to do it. And thanks so much to Paul's Pancake Parlor for being the presenting sponsor of the best in the treasure state on the track and field. First, let's talk about the top 10 meet. Top 10 meet's a cool event. They invite the ten be- the 10 best athletes in terms of mark in the western part of the state in each event. Uh, It also holds a special place in my heart because uh, this was started by legendary Big Sky head track and field coach, Russ Pilcher, who's also a great uh, football coach and more than anything, a great strength training coach. He was kind of one of the, I, I I believe he was the first strength and conditioning coach at Missoula Big Sky. He's who I took weight training from, a guy that taught me a ton about lifting weights, And uh, that's always been a a passion of mine and something I've really loved doing ever since I was a a teenager. So uh, shout out to Pilch. I, I hope he's listening. I know he's up in the flathead these days, but I know he finds the show from time to time. But a phenomenal coach and a great member of the athletic community in Missoula. That's all to say. This meet is super cool, and it gets to highlight some of the best of the best in track and field. So here are some of your highlights. We'll start with this kid at Missoula Big Sky, Porter Gibbs. This guy is making a name for himself. He's only a freshman there at Big Sky, and he already set the freshman record at six foot five in the high jump, which is a great high jump. And uh, he one upped himself yesterday. He got all the way up to six seven. So that's an impressive, impressive jump for a freshman. Unbelievable. The Big Sky school record, period. Is six foot nine. So he is, he's scratching that for sure. But make make no mistake, if you're jumping six six in high school at all, that's really good. And if you're jumping over six six as a freshman, you have yourself a bright, bright future. So Porter Gibbs took first of the top 10 meet yesterday while also breaking his own freshman record and inching toward his, um, the big sky school record as well. A couple other phenomenal marks. The meet got started off with a great mark. Trayton Anderson of Dillon, which I don't think is related to Troy Anderson. Trayton Anderson is Anderson S-O-N, whereas Troy Anderson is S-E-N. Although, there might be a spelling error in there, but I do believe that I've seen Trayton Anderson listed S-O-N on most rosters. So I do not believe he's related to Troy Anderson. In case he is, though, I'm sorry for not making that connection for you. But either way, he's headed to to, uh, BYU to run track and field. And he ripped it up yesterday. He had a 14.36, 14.36 in the boys' 110 hurdles to take first place, and that is the meet record. To put that in perspective, 14.14 is the fastest time in the history, is the all-class record in Montana for boys' track. Gabe Solser, one of the great hurdlers in Montana history, he ran in the low 14.2s during his best races. So 14.36 is smoking especially for the fact that we're still in April. So Trey Anderson, he gets himself a uh, a meet record and a gold medal at the uh, Russ Pilcher Top 10 meet there at Big Sky yesterday. Another highlight of the meet included the boys' 3,200, in which all six of the top finishers set personal bests, led by Phineas Colescott, who is an outstanding runner from Missoula Hellgate. He ran 9 minutes, 32.7 seconds, to take the 3,200, and it was a very, very fast heat. So a great time by him. Also, Brooke Stainer, one of the best all-around athletes and a future University of Montana track and field performer. She torched the girls' 100-meter hurdles with a first-place time of 14.7 seconds. So that's smoking for this time of year as well. Brooke Stainer was a three-time, or I guess an individual champion three times over in... uh, Track and field last year. So she uh, continues her winning ways. Haven Vandenacre from Townsend ran the 300 hurdles uh, in 45 35, which is a very good time as well. And uh, then Kenzie May, the reigning cross country athlete of the year uh, on the girls' side, who's headed to Syracuse to run, she smoked the field in the 3200 meters. She was 33 seconds faster than Kylie Hartnett. And make no mistake, Kylie Hartnett is an elite runner as well. She's headed to University of Utah. So Kylie Hartnett in at 11, 14, but 10:41:74 74 for Kenzie May. A great time in the 3,200 meters to win by 33 seconds overall. Uh, amazing. is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Going through some of the best track and field marks in the state of Montana, including the um, best from the top 10 meet yesterday. Another guy I've had my eye on who's been putting up really good times, he's really good about posting videos on Twitter of his races as well. Thomas Carter from Helena Capital. He got off to a little bit of a slow start in the 100 meters. He was actually behind the pack, but great acceleration, great competitiveness, and he gets gets it done with a 11.31 in the 100 meters to um, – So take the title of the top 10 meet as well. So there you go. There's some of your top 10 bests from the top 10 meet yesterday down there at Big Sky. And uh, let's take a look at a couple of the other best marks from around the state in track and field. It's presented by Paul's Pancake Parlor. Go check out Paul's. They have awesome breakfast selections, but also they have great uh, lunch and dinner choices as well. Located there at uh, right there on the corner of the Tremper's Shopping Center right there by... Malfunction Junction, downtown uh, Missoula, in the heart of Missoula, I should say, right right there by the fairgrounds. Trey Anderson, who we just mentioned for his hurdles time, he's also one of the best 200 meter runners in the state. And uh, his top time right now, 22.09 seconds, which is really, really fast and a really, really good time. The 200, though, has a whole bunch of good times. The the all-class state record is 21-06, which is just unbelievable. It's an unfathomable time <laughs> for a Montana high school kid. But if you're in the 22 and change, you're really, really good. I mean, you're running like Division I caliber times. And there's several guys there in that 22-second range, including including Ridger Palma who, from Mozilla Loyola, who's one of the best Class B athletes, Owen Hogue from Sealy Swan. He set the uh, Sealy Swan invite record list last week by running 22.71. And then Taco Dowler, the Gatorade Player of the Year in football, who's headed to Montana State to play football, he's also been in under 23 seconds, 22.84. Taco Dowler's best time. So some really, really good times uh, in the 200. Ridge Palma, Ridge Palma, excuse me, from Missoula Loyola, he's also got the top 400-meter time in the state now. He's the first guy in the state to go under 50 seconds, so 49.73 for the Missoula Loyola standout. Owen oh, and Hogue, by the way, from Sealy Swan, he had the previous fastest time in the 400 at 50.2 seconds. So uh, some small school guys are really making waves here uh, in the month of April in high school track and field. The other mark that caught my eye, we, had, we finally had uh, somebody go under 158 in the 800, Keegan Crosby of Missoula Sentinel, And Sam Ellis of Kalispell Glacier, they both went under 158. So those are very good times uh, in the 800. Trayton Anderson's time yesterday in the hurdles was the best time in the 110 hurdles by a half a second. So Trayton Anderson is is absolutely deserving of that scholarship to BYU because he's the top time in the 200, the top time in the uh, 110 hurdles, and the top time in the 300 hurdles. So uh, he's having... A really, really good start to uh, his senior year. On the girls' side... Oh, by the way, Porter Gibbs' mark of 6'7". in the high jump, by the way, that moved into first place in the state ahead of Rhett Reynolds of Shelby, Toby Neidrager of Chinook. They both got 6'6". So Porter Gibbs at 6'7", the top uh, high jump in the state. On the girls' side, Jaden Wolf's getting there. I mean, the all-class record in the 100 meters is 12.19 seconds. She... Ran 12.25 last week in the 100, so that's a really, really good time. Odessa Zentz, who's one of the great distance runners in Montana, middle distance runners in Montana, she's really tuned it in in some of the sprints as well. She's got the top time at 25.50 in the 200 meters. She also ran the top time in the 400 meters uh, a couple weeks ago, 58.03, and she has the top time in the 800 meters as well at 2 minutes 17.82 17.82 seconds. So Odessa Zentz, uh, one of the great runners in Montana, she continues to thrive and tear it up as well. Kenzie May, we mentioned her. That time is officially now the top time uh, in the state of Montana. Brooke Stater still has the top times in the 110, or excuse me, the 100 and 300-meter hurdles. And probably the best uh, field mark so far of this year is Hannah Shonoff of Bozeman, high-jumping, a uh, five foot seven, a very competitive mark, uh, a very elite mark, I should say. Uh, Haley Coey's eighteen foot six and a half inch long jump, also right up there. And Haley Coey's also flirting with the thirty eight foot mark in the triple jump, as well. Haley Coey out of Buildings West. So there you go. There's some of your best track and field marks. It is the best in the Treasure State, presented by Paul's Pancake Parlor in Missoula. How about some NFL draft? Brent Vegan, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats, he's got green room stories. And just what it means to have a roster full of NFL guys your first year as a head coach in the NFL. What was it like for Coach Began What does he think of the prospects of Troy Anderson? And what was it like watching Josh Allen wait for his turn to get picked in the NFL waiting well, for Montana State's second-year head football coach next? Keep it right here. It's Nuana's now, ESPN Radio.
1: SPN Missoula Sports Center.
3: The Russ Pilcher Top 10 Track and Field Meet took place at Missoula County Public Stadium on Tuesday, featuring a variety of top marks. Hello, I am Jeff Safford. Missoula Big Sky freshman Phenom Porter Gibbs continued pushing for the state's best mark in boys high jump. He easily cleared six foot five, then got over six foot seven to rebreak his freshman school record and win the meet. Dylan's Trayton Anderson got the day of track events started with a meet record in the boys 110 hurdles, racing out to a PR of 14.36 for first. The entire top six in the boys 3200 all set PRs led by Missoula Hellgate's Phineas Colescott's first place finish. Sentinel's Brooks Stainer torched the girls 100 hurdles with a first place mark of 14.70 while Townsend's Haven Vandenaker PR'd in the 300 hurdles with a time of 45.35 to win the tough event. Hellgate's Kenzie May won the girls 3200 by a whopping 33 seconds taking first. With the NCAA transfer portal deadline for one time no penalty transfers looming on May 1st, a trio of Mont Montana State Bobcat football players entered the portal this week. TJ Session, a 6'4", 290-pound sophomore slated to be MSU's starting right tackle for the second straight season is one of the entries. Charles Brown, a former three-star receiver from Dallas, and Cole Schneider, an offensive tackle from Canada, are also into the portal.
0: This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Crazy music video on this one, too. The uh, the whole room moves as Jamiroquai is dancing in their virtual insanity. Underrated musical act here. I love me some Jamiroquai. Welcome back. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. You heard there at the end of the Sports Center, three players yesterday, or I guess earlier this week, all told, from the Montana State football team into the transfer portal. Charles Brown, who's a highly recruited receiver out of the Dallas area, who was an early enrollee at MSU in 2020 and then sort of got caught in the wash. He's one of them. TJ Sessions, slated to be Montana State's starting right tackle for the second year in a row. He's one of them. Cole Snyder, a six foot five, 300 pounder out of Canada who looked like he had good potential. He's one of them. And then earlier today, Demarius Hosey, who I have loved since he got onto campus. I mean, the dude rushed for like 100 yards the first time he ever got in a game against Southeast Missouri back in 2019. They re- preserved his red shirt back then by just playing him in four games, yet he still scored touchdowns. I mean, he scored touchdowns against Southeast Missouri, I believe North Dakota, and I believe the Grizzlies in that 2019 game. Um, and then two years later, 2021, he hardly got any touches. But on Saturday at the Sunny Holland Spring Classic with – Elijah Elliott and Isaiah Fonseca on the shelf. Hosey got a ton of carries, and he looked really good. And so I, I don't really know what the, what, the, what the why is, but he's on his way out. But I've touted T.J. Session as a very talented player since the first time I ever saw him, and they got to love when the evals are right. He just got offered by Oregon State and Cal, so here comes his uh, Pac-12 offers. I, they, dudes at the Big Sky just don't look like T.J. Session on the offensive line. When they're freshmen, they don't. I mean, he was he was going to push for a starting spot as a true freshman in 2019 before he got fallen on uh and blew out his knee. But then he was a starter as a redshirt freshman uh, in 2021. He's really, really good. I mean, most guys of his size, it takes several years for them to get there developmentally, and it didn't for him. So there's an update on the Bobcats. How about the Bobcats that are hoping – that they hear their names called in the upcoming few days. We caught up with Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach, earlier today. Well, happy now to be welcomed in. Brent Vegan, the head coach for the Montana State Bobcats. We're talking a little bit of spring football as the Bobcats just wrapped, but we heard a lot about that on Monday. More, I wanted to get Coach Vegan on the show because of the NFL draft. He has experienced many guys he's coached going the NFL draft, and now latest in a long line, and the first from Montana State in quite some time, Troy Anderson, will almost certainly have his name called here the next couple days. Coach, thanks for being with us. Let's first talk about the draft, broadly because you've lived a life of football. You've been around the game for a long time. What do you think of what this has become? Because this is a spectacle. I mean, this is like must-watch TV for for us football fans.
1: Yeah, no question. Uh, Credit the NFL for, for making it into one of the greatest reality shows there is, and I had the good fortune of of being at the draft when when Josh uh, Josh Allen was picked a few years back and being in that green room and kind of living that out um, in real time and, and all these prospects are with their families at their different tables and you can kind of feel it unfold and um, you just don't know it's it's unscripted I think everybody has the the mock drafts and, and the way it should play out but rarely does anyone really know how it's going to play out because it's a bunch of dominoes that keep falling so yeah it's it's something and now that it's a you know it's in Vegas that takes a whole other level um so excited to see where uh where our guys go obviously but uh, just excited for for the NFL and, and for football fans across the country
0: but earlier this month there was sort of a a cool moment in time, a, a symbol sort of of the uh, the future for many and, and the current for you guys as well. We were interviewing you there at Bobcat Stadium after a Saturday practice and all the guys from Montana State that have pro aspirations, they were working out right behind us. and uh, There's 10 of them and it was a, just a couple days before their pro day. Um, but what do you think of that element of this in terms of program building, program retention? Because obviously you don't want to put a an enormous priority on just that just developing nfl talent but if you can and you do that must be a huge deal in terms of the exposure for your program so what have you thought of just the way that uh, some of these guys on this roster that you inherited has sort of taken this thing to the next level and and uh, have, have real real deal pro aspirations
1: well i think i think what you want is you want a program that develops players and you want young players understand um if I come to Montana State I can realize some some big time dreams and goals um the the tools are in place whether that's uh, our facility but more importantly um a guy like John Heron you know uh our, our assistant coaches you know that you are going to get trained in such a manner you're going to be be putting positions on the game field to um, open some eyes you know, and, and it's it's a lot's been made about Troy, but it's it's a deep group this year that's got a chance to really do some things, whether that's through the draft or through free agency. And, you know, we just hope this is this is the beginning. Um, there's many, many talented players at the FCS. Um that they certainly get overlooked on the recruiting side and we got to be able to de- identify those guys that you know a few years down the road from once they were recruited you know i think people look and say okay you know we got to keep we got to keep coming to montana state because they're going to have some guys that uh are worthy of consideration and you know like in this instance uh, worthy of being considered as a draft pick
0: when it comes to that element of maintaining it how does that go? Because you were at North Coast State for a long time, and there's always been, uh, I guess for the last 10 years at least, always been scouts there, prevalently looking at NDSU guys, and Wyoming gets scouted very well as well, and Montana State these last couple years has had you know a lot of scouts at the Pro Day as well, but how do you, how do you maintain it? How does How does that work at the FCS level?
1: Well, I, I think it just—it's all—it's all about your recruiting and your development, you know. Um, it's so it's—it starts with recruiting the right guys, and then, you know, again developing them so that those scouts, you know, they—they get to pick and choose where they go, and then they can't go everywhere. But when when they're they're mapping out um, where they go in the fall. Um, you know who they really dig into that montana state's always one of those so easier said than done you know i, I think it's um you're gonna have some years like this uh, you know where we maybe have multiple guys you might have a year where you have one you might have a year where you just have some guys on the edge but it's our hope that you know the area scouts the the, the draft uh, departments i guess it, within the these organizations say you know what we better we better make time for Montana State on an annual basis, and I think we're moving towards that. A year like this really puts you in a, a different uh, different level. I know you know that happened at NDSU um, quite some time ago, you know, and I know they've kept coming there. And I know for us at Wyoming, it was very similar. Um, and you know, I, I think they just they they understand that you know your program um, is one to one to watch, and that's I, I think we're. We're in that realm, and we need to to keep working on both the recruiting side and the developing side to stay in that uh, that place.
0: Brett Vegan, Montana State Head Football Coach, joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, or maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. And, Coach, it also seems that the collective group of guys seems to drive each other as well. And this has been sort of a common theme in, in our 15 years covering the Big Sky you know, there was a great group at Montana for a little while, a great group at Eastern Washington that really drove the the ball forward, and, and many of those guys still playing in the NFL. And uh, it seemed like this group of guys sort of all bought into a collective goal as well and, and sort of doing the extra work, training with each other. So how much do you think that helped them, and how much do you think it helped them having guys like Troy Anderson sort of leading the way?
1: Well, I think that matters. I, you know, if it's if it's seen as competition, you know, the guys overlap positions a little bit. I look at, you know, especially Daniel Hardy and Troy for a couple of years. Um, and so, I do think that drives it. I think, I think the competitive fire within a group can feed feed itself. Um, and this was a group that um, you know wanted wanted to achieve a lot while they're at, they were at Montana State, and they were about that. And then I think they understood that. You know, collectively, um, opportunities will come because of the way they approach their time at Montana State. You, you can't go through a college career and be all about the NFL. You have to be all about the place you're at. And I think this group really understood that. And, you know, um, Troy's a rare talent, but Troy was about MS, MSU well, yeah. while he was here. And, and, and that matters. And, I, you know, Troy maybe drew some more eyes to the rest of the guys. And that's kind of the way you hope it works. And, and you know, whether it is Daniel or Lance or Lewis, um, you know, Trey Webb joining us. I mean, it's a long list of guys. Um, Amandre, I mean, I, I think those guys all benefited certainly from Troy's approach and Troy's talent. But they all collectively, I think, had the same mindset that let's – you know, first and first and foremost, do all we can while we're here, and the rest will take care of itself.
0: Well, the NFL draft—a thrilling weekend all the way around—and the vast majority of guys are going to get picked on Friday and Saturday, or then get their phone calls sometimes Saturday early evening. But you mentioned, Coach, that you were in the green room once upon a time with Josh Allen, and. Uh, that experience was, is sort of unique, right, because they only invite 10, 12, 15 guys to sit there in the first round on Thursday night, primetime TV. So take us back to that. I mean, what, what was the scene like? What was it like sitting in the green room? Because there are probably a lot of different things coming at you, a lot of different pressures coming at you, but probably also an unforgettable experience.
1: Yeah, it was at AT&T Stadium down in Dallas that year, and I think that was the first year that they really didn't show the green room as much. Right, I, mean, it, I know before before that, and you can think of uh, Oh Brady Quinn comes to mind, um, Geno Smith, some of those guys that they they sat there, and I don't know if that's that's why they went away from it. Just that part of the human drama. So, anyways, we're we're in there, and I think you know the Browns the Browns had the first pick, and I think there was a chance that the browns might take josh um you know but everybody that was potentially f- up for that pick with the exception of baker mayfield was there so sam darnold um you know, Josh, uh, you know, I, but I think it was probably those two. And and Baker wasn't there. And Saquon Barkley was there and Bradley Chubb. I mean, it was a – I think that year I would say there had to have been 25 at least uh, wow. prospects there. Or, And, you know, each one of them has their, their table. And they had, you know, a number of people or guests they could bring with them. So all these tables are sitting in this room. I think smack dab on the field in, a, in Jerry World. And – you know uh they've really involved college coaches the last several years so that's kind of what we did uh, initially it was kind of a you know you're hanging out with uh, likes of you know coaches from across the country um coach bowl and myself and you know i know he had some tv obligations before um but as the draft started you know i think it's you know whose phone is going to ring who's which, which table is going to you know, get the, the get the call and, and get excited, and there was nothing that happened um, initially. Obviously, with Baker Mayfield being the pick, and, and so I think, you know, whether it was the Darnolds or the Allens, uh, both of those tables in particular, I think there was, uh, you know, there was an anticipation that then didn't happen. And immediately after Baker was picked, I think the Giants had the the next pick. Saquon's table just erupts. So, you know, before it's happening out on the stage, it's happening in that room. Um, And then we were right next to Darnold's table. I think the Jets would have had the third pick, and then their their table erupts. And Josh and Sam are, you know, really good buddies. So then there's the congratulations between the families and everything. And then I think the next couple picks, however it unfolded, I know the Broncos were fifth, and I think there was there was high hopes that uh, Josh would be able to stay kind of in the western part of the country, go right down the road to Denver, and um, no phone call. and And ultimately, they picked Bradley Chubb. Um, next pick, the Colts had Quentin Nelson. And so now you start to think this thing could go on for a while. Right. I think You could just feel the, the tension in the air, um, and, and it, you know this is a matter of. Oh, I suppose a half hour, 40 minutes at least that this is all happening in. And, um, I remember just getting that feeling like, geez, when is this going to, because the next couple teams that were on the, on the board really weren't quarterback or in need of a quarterback. And then all of a sudden, um, Josh gets this call and you could, he all of a sudden gets this huge grin on his face, um, looks at his parents in particular and, um, you know, he gets off the phone, he says, Buffalo, they're, they're trading up, you know, and then the, the rest is history, I guess. And then they, he goes up on the stage, they take him and all his guests behind, you take pictures, and, um, you know, it was it was an amazing experience to be a part of, and, you know, that's that set Josh's course, and, you know, uh, things happen for a reason, and, and, you know, obviously, Buffalo did well that day, I think Josh did real well that day, and, you know, just really proud to be part of that.
0: Brett Negan, joining my head football coach here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. Great story. It's such interesting perspective, too, though, because the vast majority of guys this weekend are going to be just hoping to get their name called at any time. And when you're in that situation, it's like you know you're going to get drafted. It's just a matter of when and a matter of where. And and so it is, like you say, you get this, this anxiety and this, uh, you know, when's it going to happen? But then at the end of the day, you're still probably going to be a top 20 pick and, uh, Amazing how serendipitous it really worked out, because I, I don't really know if you could find a better fit than Buffalo for uh, Josh Allen right now.
2: Yeah,
1: no question. And, and you know, just, uh, I don't know, all the things around that day, and, and, and that was, I think it was four years ago yesterday, I think I saw on yep. Twitter or something like that. So, uh um, he ended up in a great place, and, and you know he's got a bright future ahead. And that's what you know you're excited about. You know our guys. And that's you know, Troy in particular. I mean, it could be one of many destinations, and. and um, you know, later second round, early third round, um, who knows? We'll find out. Um, but I know they'll be, whatever team that is, they'll have a brand-new fan base here in Montana.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, let's talk about these guys then, especially Troy Anderson. First of all, he's just blown up on the national scene, and it's been very vindicating for us from Montana just to sort of introduce this guy to the world, but but also no real surprise because he is such an unbelievable uh, person first and foremost unbelievable student athlete but also such an unbelievably gifted athlete and football player so what have you thought of sort of his rise these last couple of months and and sort of uh putting montana state on the national map
1: well excited for him first and foremost because he's uh he's endured some things you know um uh, he's had uh he's had a few setbacks injury wise but but he, uh, you know, had a uh, an awesome last year and, and played in 15 games and, and every every which way he, you know, he, he he lived up to all our expectations on defense. And I think what 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 occurs in January and, and February is, you know, it, it goes from all that film that that studied on him. You know, the backstory to then really getting to know him. I I think, uh, senior bowl combine, all all the different contact he's had with teams, um, that's that was kind of the unknown. I, you know, scouts probe and stuff with with coaching staffs, and we can tell them, you know, all they all they want as far as what kind of person he is. But until they, you know, they get around him, I I don't think that part became as evident. I, I, you know, and the difference between Troy running. 4-4-2 Four, four, two, and four, six, two. that's huge. so is, i would yeah. I would suspect a lot of people thought he was at least a four six guy, but you know, maybe a four five guy, but then run a four, four two and put that, you know, put that in front of the world. Um, so it's too, I mean, it's that tangible element of his athleticism that was validated, I guess, but more so, it's the intangibles that I think we've all, We've all understood and spoke highly of them. That they get to investigate and find out for themselves, and then you put those two things together: um, the work ethic, the humility, the coachability. um, You know, certainly his versatility over the over his time at Montana State. Um, You know, I think it's it's hard for teams not to. You know, take a good hard look at, at how he would fit because he could fit in anywhere, honestly. And, and you know, it just depends on again, kind of how those dominoes fall. You know, I suppose early second and, and mid seconds and just you know where those teams are situated with um, him relative to that. You know, that pick, and you know, it's going to be real interesting to see. Um, but uh, you know, appreciate Troy for for all he's done um, for Montana State and. Uh, all you know, he'll continue to do. You know, um, this this story is is not done by any means. Just uh, you know, him being able to shine the light bright on Montana State.
0: Brad Vegan joining us, Montana State head football coach. We'll get you out of here on this, coach. It's going to be uh, an exceptional weekend for a lot of guys that played for the Bobcats. How do you hope they take this all in? Because it's going to be a variety of different experiences. Whether it's Troy sitting there on Thursday and Friday wondering if he's getting his name called, or some of these other guys maybe Saturday or uh, late Saturday evening. But what do you think of this experience for these guys and how do you hope they take it all in?
1: Yeah, I just, I, I hope um, they understand what's meant to be is meant to be, meaning, you know, Troy's situation, wherever he lands, that's, that's you know, what's going to be meant for him and, and he needs to go attack those guys. Uh, you know, I think at Daniel, Lance, Lewis, Trey that are, are, are you know, fringe, um, maybe getting drafted, but but certainly getting an opportunity to get in the camp. Um you know um there's no disappointment you're going to get your opportunity and, and whether your your opportunity comes in the form of a of being or having your name called or behind the scenes being able to get a free agent opportunity um just embrace it and, and you know um go attack it and i think they all have that mindset um and i look forward to you know where their their journey all takes them and, and we'll uh you know, we'll definitely keep keep following them and you know, I know, you know, any of these teams that, that take a shot on any one of our guys is gonna get a real quality young man that's gonna know how to work hard and play within a team, you know, play within a team and do everything they can. So really exciting week for for those individuals, but uh, you know, I think our fans, you know, all across the country in particular here in Montana, it's uh it's a weekend to take in and um, you know, figure out who your new favorite teams are gonna be.
0: Brent Vegan, Montana State Football. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for the stories and uh, enjoy it yourself because I'm sure it'll be fun for you as well. Thanks for being here.
1: All right, no doubt. Uh, thanks, Lad Colter. Go, Cats.
0: So, you go, Brent Vegan, head football coach for the Montana State Bobcats. A story about the green room with Josh Allen once upon a time and some thoughts on Troy Anderson and several other Montana State Bobcats or former now Montana State Bobcats. With pro aspirations. We're up against it. Got to get out. We got free wings for you on the other side. Keep it right here. 102.9 ESPN Missoula. The Advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the Advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Oh!
3: It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on
1: SWX Montana Television. Welcome back.
0: You on, us now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We are all the way up against it, but guess what? We still got wings for you. We got 12 of them, to be exact. A basket of a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's Wing It Wednesday, our longest standing promotion here at ESPN Radio. Call us right now. Caller number two, 406-888-1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. 1029 Call us right now. Caller number two. We got a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Thanks so much to the Despo for their continued support here at ESPN Radio. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Connor Rogers, lead draft analyst for Bleacher Report, will join us to break down all of the NFL draft. Back at it with the ESPN Roundtable. Keep it right here. Nuon is now ESPN Radio.